How's it going, everyone? It's the commissioner here. Wanted to tell you that you have another great and exciting episode in store for y'all today. We're going to do it once again. We're going to split our episode in half. First half covered through the Summit State of Mind for our Houston Rockets in the second half. Of course, we have to talk about the Houston Astros, but putting on a juice box state of mind and how the Astros are in the World Series. But for the Rockets part, we're going to talk about the first three games, obviously, of the season. The lulls that happened in the loss that we took against the T-Wolves to the ultimate first victory that we took in Houston against OKC Thunder. And of course, in the third game, Cherry on the delicious Sunday. That is Jalen Green dropping his first ever 30-piece in his third ever NBA game. So we're going to discuss that, and we're also going to introduce to all of you a brand new segment on the podcast. It's going to be a weekly segment. Keep your eyes peeled. Not well, you're not really your eyes. Keep your ears peeled, because we definitely have that segment in store for you all today. It's going to be great, a great segment. It's going to be a recurring segment, a weekly segment, so keep your eyes out open for that. And then as we transition over to the juice box state of mind, we talk about the Houston Astros, being in the World Series, how big it is for the entire city of Houston. We talk about the series against the Red Sox, the emotions that flow through myself and the GM, and all of the weird and quirky superstitions that myself and the GM do. It is absolutely ridiculous when you think about if we were right on paper. But hey, we're fans. This is what we do. We've been doing this every year since 2017. So that's basically what we have in store for y'all this episode. Big thank you to all of you once again that have continued to support us from episode one all the way here to episode 52. So that's enough of me talking. Let's get ready right here. Sit back, relax if you're driving. Pull those windows down. Give us a listen. If you're not driving, kick back, relax, have a drink with myself and the GM as we introduce to you once again to the Summit State of Mind. What's up, y'all? It's Samoa Bro, aka Sean from Shots and Thoughts. And you are listening to the Summit State of Mind podcast. What is going on, everyone? And you are listening to the Summit State of Mind, the podcast of Dream Shakes and Setbacks and everything Houston Rockets. I am your host, your commissioner, Kenny. Of course, with me as always is my brother, my tag team partner, Summit Stradamus himself, the GM, Justin. How's it going, man? It's a beautiful, well, not really, it's a muggy Monday. It's called, we call it muggy Mondays over here because it was uh, foggy, but just wanted to check in, see how you're doing today in this fine Monday, the night before game one of the World Series. Just wanted to see how you're doing. Yeah, I mean, um, I called it from the previous episode that we'd be in the world series. Yeah. I called it from our juice box preview episode earlier in the year. So I don't know if I'd consider myself some Mr. Domus, but I think you've earned the title. I do believe when I'm right, I'm right. Okay. (laughs) No, let's not, let's not, let's not, I'm not going to toot my own horn here. I just had a lot of faith in the team. That's all. You know, I've watched this team since 2015 with these players and i just think that you know i had a lot of faith and nothing is too big for us so i had all the utmost faith that we would come back and uh, sure enough they proved me right yes, i'll right. take that yeah you gotta take that you, you absolutely have to take it and you know in the world of receipts and in, in the twitter sphere of receipts you have 
a ton of receipts, positive receipts headed your way in terms of the predictions that you've made. Uh, some good, some bad, obviously, but you've been right on the money every step of the way. So good stuff, GM. Okay, we're going to jump into our juice box state of mind. We're going to do the same setup as we did a few weeks ago. We're going to cover this first half because, you know, to be honest, the Astros are in the World Series. We have to talk about it, obviously. We're absolutely, a, absolutely. We're a Houston Rockets podcast, but you'd be doing yourself a disservice. We'd be doing ourselves a disservice. And you as fans, we'd be doing y'all a disservice if we did not talk about the Astros. So that'll be covered in the second half. But in this first half, we do have quite a lot to talk about through the Summit State of Mind, through our Houston Rockets GM. So let's dive into it now. So... The Houston Rockets, one and two to start the season, right about where we had them, right? You, you, yeah, that's yeah. that's that's exactly what I predicted after the first three games. You predicted, well, you see, Summit Stradamus, once again, You what did you predict, GM? Go ahead, set the table. Okay, what did you predict in game one? I'll follow up with a score. I said uh, we would lose to Minnesota in a blowout, but I, I said like 112.98. Which, in the general sense, isn't really a blowout. One, but. Yeah, but one twenty-four to one hundred six, you called blowout. Period. Yeah, I mean they were you know? down by like what forty at one point. So yeah, yeah. it was it was very bad. Uh, game two, you predicted. What'd you predict for game two? A win, but a close win. Okay, well this one was a little off. You predicted a win though, one twenty-four to ninety-one Rockets mm-hmm. over the Thunder. Yeah, so that was about right. And then I think Celtics Rockets, we all pegged Celtics to win. Uh, and they, which they ultimately won by ten. But let's review these three games now. Let's start with game one. It was T Wolves versus Rockets season opener in Minnesota. We explained it earlier. No, uh, in a past episode, no Patrick Beverly, uh, but no Daniel House on the other side for us. Mm-hmm. But it was exactly as I as I expected it to be. Yeah, it was sloppy. It was a lot of not well confusion and. The ultimate downfall to this team, which is going to be the the vets, the star players on other teams, can bully. And that's what Cat was doing. Carl Anthony Towns was doing. Mm-hmm. Anthony Edwards was feasting. Cat had 30 points. Anthony Edwards had 29. D'Angelo Russell had 22. Those are those. That's the big three for Minnesota. And they just feasted on our defense. And which is going to be a continuing process for this team to get better defensively but what was your immediate reaction just c- kind of watching the game and we, we we split time we watched this game and we watched game five of the uh, world series no but, alcs oh sorry game five of the alcs mm-hmm. so immediate thoughts of the 124 106 loss to uh, minnesota um, I it was what I suspected um I didn't expect them to be down so big by the second quarter but it kind of showed their inexperience, the building of chemistry. You know, there were so many things that stuck out. Kevin Porter Jr. was still trying to find his way as the point guard. Seven turnovers. Yes. And, you know, this is all a part of the learning curve. You know, mm-hmm. the teams are going to start to defending, start defend him really well, see him make decisions in double teams and you know, and so forth, just based to see how he would be as a point guard. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, the defense was extremely weak. There was no communication. You could tell that they were just confused all throughout the whole game. Um, Jalen Green couldn't find a step. He seemed a little small for the moment, but that's to be expected. The man is only 19 years old. Uh, he's the number two overall pick, so he does have a little bit of a target. Wait, in his wait, back. wait! So you're telling me, GM? I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but 
He had nine points, four rebounds, and four assists. He shot the ball terribly. Are you telling me you're not on that bandwagon of people that are ready to get rid of Jalen Green already? Basically claiming that we made the wrong mistake by getting him instead of Evan Mobley? Little did you know I was the person that started the trend. Um, <laughs> before game one, I said, Mobley to Houston. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> but, real. you know, I, I like... It's it's okay. It's all part of the growing pains. That's understood. Yeah, like, but yeah. but does that? But does are these people? These there is a there is a group of Rockets fans right now that truly believe. I obviously we're going to talk about uh, Jalen Green's thirty piece, which shut some of the naysayers up. But there are people out there that fully believe that we made ultimately the wrong decision. I mean, for God's sakes, it was a threat on clutch fans. Should have drafted Mobley over. Uh, Jalen Green. Now, granted, I wanted Evan Mobley from the get-go, but at the same time, I could see why we went Jalen Green. Yeah. And me personally, I personally believe that this is going exactly as, as I suspected. I didn't expect him to get 30 his third game, but I knew that there was going to be a lot of growing pains, and I was willing to take the growing pains. Absolutely. You know I, mean, I mean, it, it comes with the territory. When you're a building team, you lost all your stars, you're, you know, you're just a team that has to start from the bottom again. Um, we never did that uh, with Maury, but now it's our time to really build, and yeah, I'm, get better. I'm enjoying that. You know, I think it's going to be great to see this team grow, add pieces, subtract pieces, see what fits, see what doesn't. Yeah, and yeah. we got full faith in Raphael Stone and Stephen Silas for now. To see well, where Silas this goes. for now. I think Stone, in my opinion, has has already been earning my trust. Yes, my personally, my fandom, my bond with him is a lot stronger than it is with Silas. I, you know, with Silas, I, I'm not sure yet. I'm still, I'm teetering right now. Where mm-hmm. I was teetering last year with Raphael Stone, mm-hmm. I'm not teetering anymore. I'm like Stone, you're our GM. You know, in Stone we trust. Let's run some Stone ball over here. I fully trust him. He's acquired these pieces, yeah. You know, while trying to get rid of the old regime in House and Gordon, mm-hmm. but the foundation's been torn down and now it's being rebuilt. And I love the foundation that he's setting forth now. So I, I don't know. Like I'm at a place. I'm at a point right now where I want to see more. Jalen Green, Kevin Porter, uh, Jay Shantae, Christian Wood, Alperin Sangoon. I want to see less of EG. And Daniel House, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I think in game, and I think just in game one in particular, EG did his thing. He had 15 points on 23 minutes, but at the same time, like those minutes could go to 23 minutes. That can go towards an Armani Brooks who balled out with the minutes that he did play. He played eight, eight minutes and he scored six points. Yep. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like I'm at a point now where it's like, okay, well, I'm pretty much done with the old foundation at this point. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the time you know? to start with. Uh, giving the young boys some PT, but yeah. I know that there is a there's a process to this, and Stone is obviously hoping that these guys play themselves to a trade for a midseason. Um, and I'm sure that that's the that's the goal. Yeah, absolutely, right? that's the goal. Um, there's no doubt in my mind. But right now, we just kind of have to deal with the process. And also, veterans are still good to have around the young guys to show them professionalism. Mm-hmm. We can't mm-hmm. let them completely run the asylum. So, in my opinion, like if Let's say, for example, if Eric Gordon were to stay in Houston, I'm honestly not opposed to it. Yeah, if there was any anybody from the old regime that I'd be willing to keep would be 
would be Eric Gordon. I think his attitude would be is perfect with the in tune with the teams. We've talked we talked about this in season preview. Yeah. We've talked about this in days past. So I do agree with you there. Uh GM, let's jump into game two now. Let's talk about it. Rockets versus OKC Thunder. When it talk when we talk about teeter tottering, um uh teeter tottering in terms of what this team is capable of, in game one of eighty two you saw kind of the worst, you mm-hmm. know, of what this team could be. Yeah. Now, when you play against a team like OKC Thunder, a team that is arguably worse than your Houston Rockets, you know, you're starting to see them teetering at their best now at this point, where you can see the swagger, the confidence. Showtime has returned, you know, to the city of Houston, uh, the sexy bros, Jalen Green and KPJ doing their thing, like, and it was and it was great to see. We 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 enjoyed the game. You know, Christian Wood had I think he had a no. He never had a forty. He's never had a forty piece. Not a new career high, but we were rooting for him to have a forty piece. He ultimately only had thirty one. Mm-hmm. Then Kevin Porter, Porter Jr. had a double double with eighteen points and ten assists. Actually, Christian Wood had a double double as well. Thirty one points and fourteen rebounds. Eg had twenty two points. Another pedestrian game by Jalen Green with only nine points, but he actually shot over fifty percent. He didn't shoot that much. He noticed the bread was getting buttered with Christian Wood, Wood. Porter Jr., and Jay Sean Tate, who actually himself had a double-double, 16 points and four rebounds, including five assists. Eric Gordon had a pretty good game as well. He did. He had 22 points off the bench. My man's vying for sixth man of the year twice in his career. Let's fucking go. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to ask you your opinion of uh, game two. Sorry? I was going to ask you your opinion for game two of uh, Rockets Thunder. I... Honestly, I really liked and enjoyed how the team performed. They performed over what I expected, considering that they blew out Oklahoma City. I wasn't expecting that. But I don't know if that's a testament to the highs that the the Rockets do have or the lows that Oklahoma City will have. So are you debating whether or not it's worth... The highs that we could be as a team yes. or just OKC is so bad. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I will say this. That's just based on those two games. What I, what I saw against Boston gives me more, a little bit more of the leeway towards Houston because they do have that spark. If they do what they're supposed to do and they perform and they follow their assignments, then they can succeed. Mm-hmm. But obviously against OKC, it's a bit more magnified in the sense that they're terrible. That's, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I agree. They're trying yeah. to be worse than us because they mm-hmm. didn't get the pick. Mm-hmm. So now it's like, okay, we, we really need a suck, you know? Um, and it is what it is. But in regards to how the team played, KPJ played very, very well. Christian Wood had himself a game. And he didn't even go for his career high. He's looking for a guy who definitely is going to be vying for an all-star spot. Yes. He's definitely trying. Yes, I he's agree. Been, he's been getting buckets which is what i i I had anticipated Mm -hmm. um but if we get down to the x's and o's gm and i do want to ask you just defensively where this team is at even including in the okc game that we've Mm. seen yeah i'm not i'm not buying this i'm not buying the and i thought i could buy the lineup because i was a big i was a big supporter of it because that was hell that was one of my predicted lineups i wanted tice at the center yeah what at the power forward spot but it's actually become more detrimental defensively. Mm-hmm. It's a minus. It's a minus defensively when Tice is on the court as the five with Wood. Then when Tice is on the bench, it's a plus when Tice goes to the bench. How the hell do you explain that? How can you explain um, that? You know, Tice was supposed to be a leader defensively in the first three games here. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a minus defensively. 
I mean, it, it might be based on the scheme that they're playing defensively, and it put, might put Tice in situations that he's not comfortable with. Or Wood. Or Wood as well. I mean, but, you know, if Wood is a positive with Tice on the bench, maybe that just means that Wood is better at guarding fives and not and taking away the lob threat because of his agility. Yeah. And his, his you know, the movement of his feet that he can get around. Uh, Tice, it might be different. But, you know, that's that's why as the the season progresses, we're still going to learn and see. I do think that it's only been three games, and I think that Tice will be better. But also the team sucks. So he might be a negative forever, but, you know, like I just think that because – The thing, means more than just the numbers. Yeah, think seeing. about it like this. Like with Tice on the court, he's playing against everyone's first team. While Wood – might come out or would would might stay and he plays against the second teamers where they're yeah. not as good yeah and these youngsters can feast a little bit on some second teamers so in regards to the matchups and when they're being played could be the question because at the end of the day this team is still not very good uh-huh. so he's going to be a negative regardless in my opinion all right let's continue on our conversation about the houston rockets but before we continue we need to give a shout out and an ad to the greatest and the absolute best anime streetwear label in this side of H-Town. We are talking about the one and only, the infamous Day Off. You tired of the same old anime tees? You tired of the same old mallcore look? The Galleria mallcore look? Don't you want to see some older classic animes getting love? Well, be sure to check out the brand Day Off for your retro anime goods from animes like Macross, Neon Genesis Evangelion to Cowboy Bebop, My Hero Academia, and my personal favorite, Shokugeki no Soma, aka Food Wars. Day Off is your source for anime-induced graphic mayhem. You can use the code right now, Day Off Summit, for a 10% off discount at Day Off Shop. That is D-A-Y-O-F-F dot shop. And he has a very special offer coming up here. Day Off, the final day's event. Join him and his brand for their last few days at this location, at their home location, their base location. They have been the last few years. It's basically, they're going to shut down. They're going to close. But the online shop is always going to be open. The clothes are still going to continue to get pumped out, but this is their last days at their location. So please join them. It's going to be from October 29th through the 30th. Actually, this weekend, this weekend, Friday and Saturday at 310 McKeever Road in Arcola, Texas, 77583 at Bean Here Coffee Lab and Studios. That is where his his shop is, and that's where the day off event is going to be. It's going to be a fun time. Unfortunately, they have to close, but like I said, it's going to be a fun party that he's going to have. He's going to be having a lot of great sales. He's going to have a new fall collection dropping, an exclusive shirt to commemorate this very special event, as well as various video games set up, as well as an early look at another project that he's going to be working on. So be sure to join him. Join him. I'll be there. The GM will be there as well. This weekend, October 29th through the 30th at Bean Here Coffee Lab and Studios. Or if you can't show up, please make sure to check off his website, dayoff.shop. Make sure to use the discount code DAYOFFSUMMIT for the 10% off discount. D-A-Y-O-F-F.shop. Another question I do want to ask you 
is that some of the and listeners and even some people on the Twitter media have brought this up and it's made a very interesting point that some people are not sure why the Tice signing happened if you have an Alperin Sangoon who's actually performing offensively, which is what we expected. Mm-hmm. But here's the big surprise, defensively as well. Yes. His plus minus is is better. Like but like you said, it's matchups obviously, but at the same time He's been showing up and he's been showing out. He get he's gotten up at least a block a game. Yeah. He is finding spots to get there defensively. He looks comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's gotten to the point now where people are starting to bring up like did the front office get and I think that the way this played out they must have gotten they must have gotten a commitment from Tice before the draft mm-hmm. because they probably weren't sure if they were going to get Sangoon. Now the question is if you get Sangoon before you get the commitment from Tice. Do they still commit themselves to Tice? That's the question. You know, that's what people are saying now. That mm-hmm. if we had gotten Sangoon before we got the verbal commitment yeah. from Daniel Tice, then mm-hmm. maybe we just wouldn't have signed Daniel mm-hmm. Tice. What do you think? Do you think we would have been better positioned if we just put Alpi as the starting center? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I have an opinion okay. on everything that you stated. Okay, go. Um, okay, so... I can see why everyone would be upset considering that Alpi is performing so well. But let's dial it back a second, guys. It's only been three games. There you go. Talk them off the ledge. Alpi has not played a season that's gone like, what, longer than 30 or 40 games? Tell me how Alpi performs in game 43, game 56. And then we'll see if he really is the starter. If he could keep up this level of production because his body is not accustomed to an 82 game season whose body is daniel tice mm-hmm. and even though people are upset and just angry and being like alpi should start yeah i love alpi let's not get it twisted yeah but is he ready to start hell no he can learn a lot from tice in regards to being a professional Mm-hmm. playing defense granted tice hasn't looked so great on defense at this point in time but the team will improve as games progress and practices are being had so i, I just think in my opinion that you're wrong because at the end of the day alpi body is still 19 he's not prepared to go 82 as a starter and play big minutes this is perfect for him he's not luka Doncic. He's not Trey Young that can come out and play immediately and not have to worry about the minutes. But for Alpi, he has to. We have to take our time with these guys. The fact that people are getting angry and getting up in arms shows how reactive Rock the Rockets fans are. Which I which I find hilarious too, because in my mind, I I'm just as shocked as anyone is is the fact the fact that he had back to back nine point games in his first two games. As a rocket, Jalen Green, mm-hmm. but all these people are, you know, the pitchforks are out now that they want Evan Mobley instead. And in my head, and, and this is me talking, I wanted Evan Mobley initially, but I'm not on that side of that people that are ready to get the pitchforks out. Give him time for God's sakes. Kobe didn't drop 30, didn't drop a 30 piece in his third game. There was only one NBA player in NBA history that dropped 30 points in his third game. And that's Say the, the name. Go. It's the, it's the motherfucking goat. It's Michael Jordan. It's the sixth championship. You know, I you know hashtag I and I took that personally. Michael Jordan. You know, so 
it's all about it's all about how you see these moments and and you just I gotta love I gotta love uh, these Gen Zers. You gotta love them. Like I gotta love them. Like it's so hilarious to me that after the second game, oh we're done with it, and I'm like, bro, you didn't live through the Kevin Martin days, did you? <laughs> you know what I mean. You didn't live. They didn't through, see Steve Francis, Katina Mobley. You know what I mean? Like they these, don't really understand. Kobe hit. Kobe shot a lot more air balls than buckets made in his first few games in his NBA career. And I'm always going to go back to that until Jalen Green proves to me that he's a bust. Yeah. Truly proves it. There, There's time, you know. And yeah, exactly. It's, it's dude, just an overreaction. We can play it. Dude, I can put the amount of games that they've played in one hand. Mm-hmm. Out of 82? Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? If we're at game 58 and he's averaging eight points a game, I'd be mm-hmm. like, as a starter, I'd be like, all right. Okay, we got to talk. You know, now it's yeah, like, okay, I'll shut yeah. my mouth. Now we got to talk yeah. about this. But, for God's sakes, guys, it's game three. And speaking of game three, let's talk about game three now, GM. This is this is it right here. This is the meat and potatoes of the summit part of the episode here. Because game three, I don't know about you, GM, that was the most exciting loss in the last, maybe before the Harden era. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I've never been more excited to lose in an NBA game in my life. We weren't going to win. I didn't feel like we were going to win. But the final score was 107 to 97. It did not speak about, if you just look at the box score, it didn't speak between the lines on what was happening because the guy that everyone's been taking pitchforks out for, for Jalen Green, Jalen Green deciding to shut some naysayers up by dropping a 30 piece, 30 points, three assists, four rebounds, eight made threes. He broke a Rockets rookie record. It was held by who? Oof. I honestly could not tell you. Go. Eddie Griffin. Was it Eddie Griffin? Yes. Rest in peace. I did not realize. Rest in peace, Eddie Griffin. Wow. Okay, I can understand now why they thought he was a stud. Yeah, I mean, coming out of Seton Hall, he was a top guy. There you go. It was just, you know, his mental health wasn't there. He wasn't mentally prepared for the game, unfortunately. Damn shame. shame. Yeah. But, uh, so 30 points... For Jalen Green, and my God, what an exciting 30 points it was. I mean, everyone did their thing. Wood, 20 points again in game in game three. Kevin Porter Jr., 15 points. Alperin Sangoon doing what he does. Seven points, four rebounds, four assists. But And, and Jay Sean Tate as well. Let's not forget him. 12 points, eight rebounds, four assists. But the story is, GM, Jalen, Jalen, you know, rookie of the year, Green over here doing work. Yeah. 30 points, 8 made threes. Give me your impressions. Two explosive dunks, by the way. But I'm going to give the floor to you now. Give me your initial impressions of uh, Jalen Green for this game. I thought his two dunks were like dynamite. Oh! I felt that his oh, threes man. were as smooth as butter. Come on. No, let's not talk about this. They made me so happy I that I got permission to dance. To dance? Okay, sorry. I had to go name all those BTS songs because the commercial was on. And I know how much your boy loves BTS. Not me. Oh, our man. boy, the commish. That's true. I do. I, 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 I've been outed. I've been outed on my own part podcast. That's right. That's right, motherfuckers. I'm army. <laughs> Suck it in. All right. But, so but, move on. Moving on. But yes, you know, I felt like Jalen. I don't think he was out to prove the naysayers per se, but he, he got himself in nah, a groove. Yeah, no. He got confident, and he showed the flashes of what he could possibly bring to this team. Um, like we said, you know, there are days when his mechanically he might look off, and then there are days where mechanically he's going to look good. And 
last night he did, you know, but this is all what comes with the territory of a rookie with such a high, um, what is it? Ceiling. So, I mean, he performed so well and, you know, like I thought that was wonderful. I'm shocked at the fact that this isn't game 10 of 82. Mm -hmm. This isn't game 24 of 82. This isn't game, you know, 18 of, of 82. This Mm -hmm. is game three. Yeah. It says a lot about no pushover. If he did it against OKC Thunder, I would have been like, Oh, okay, OKC Thunder, which they had Lou Dort, but in my mind, I'm also just kind of like, okay, it's the OKC Thunder. But he did this in a premiering team, a Celtics team that's going to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like, he did this at home, but at the same time, like, holy crap on a cracker. Like, game three out of 82, he drops 30. And this is a motivated Boston team. They were 0-2. They were 0-2. They yeah. needed the win, and they mm-hmm. lost Jalen Brown for this game as well, so yep. they didn't have Jalen Brown either. I'm shocked right now. I was shocked at the fact that he was able to perform at this level this early. Now, granted, you know, before everyone decides to leave the ground and go into space like astronauts, realize that he's not going to be dropping 30 pieces every night. No, no. You know what I mean? You're going to get the good with the good and you're going to get the bad with the bad. This is just really, really good. Mm-hmm. I, I I think it, we'll, we'll see around 18 to 20 points a game for Jalen. I think that's a solid number. Would it be rookie of the year esque? I don't know. It's hard. But, to, it's hard to tell right now. Yeah, but I mean, Still you know, Evan Mobley's going to get all the shots, so he could possibly get it. Uh, Cade, he's just not that kind of guy. No, he's, he's not. not he's, he's not a big been. score. I mean, not saying big score like in the sense of score. Vo- I'm meaning this in volume. He scores when it matters, but you know, he just doesn't put up the sexy numbers. Exactly. In the sense, right? Yeah. Um. So you know, I. I just think that we should not discount the performance, considering it was Game Three. Um, he, uh, maybe he did feel some part of the naysayers, but I doubt that. I don't think Jalen really cares at this point. It's only Game Three. So the, the guy is still getting comfortable. So um, I think that overall, it worked. You know, I want to say two things. One, that jump shot needs to be fixed mechanically. It's a, in my opinion, it that is not. If he wants to be a superstar, I didn't know how a superstar shoots the ball. But I will say this. The mechan- the shot mechanically does not look sexy at all, mm-hmm. despite being one half of the sexy bros. He's the, the shot mechanically doesn't look great. He'll have time. Kobe's shot didn't look great. Michael Jordan's shot, I mean, for God's sake, because it was like a curl in when he yeah, shot. Yeah, they all looked really they, they, weird they looked coming out weird. to the league. Yeah. Do I think the shot will develop? Yes. Which leads me to my next question for you, GM. Third, from this thirty point game, from this thirty point game now, with the prior two that he only scored nine. If you are an on the fence Houston Rocket fan, a quick scenario for you. If you know, I know you. We we live and die with Rockets fans, but if you are an on the fence Rocket fan now, you see that Jalen Green performance. Are you hmm. choosing to buy the stock of Jalen Green? Do you believe he's going to be? A, do you believe he's going to be something? Do you buy the stock, or do you? Or what's the whatever the opposite of that is? Sell. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't sell per se, but I guess I wouldn't buy in completely either. So you're you, you still on me. the fence, even I after would, a thirty-point game. I, I would stay on the fence if I'm just a fan that's on the fence. As a fan of the Rockets, all you can hope for is that. Like, for in our eyes, we're thinking like, man, we better, we better come through. You know, I agree. Um, we're hopeful that it does come through. You know, we're we're all very hopeful, but you know, at the end of the day, it's all good. I think that this team is is set to succeed 
in the next few years? The most fun 20-plus win uh, team in the NBA. We've we've said this. Oh, you're very, very, the, very, very, very correct. Very correct. This is the proof. So, one and two in the first NBA games. And like I said, we're going to be reviewing these games as they come out. So, And we'll be doing it weekly. So, just be, continue to follow us as we move along here. But, GM, the big moment has arrived. We have talked about this uh between you and me we've come to an agreement and we decided this is the best way to do it we're going to introduce a brand new segment just for y'all exclusively here for the summit state of mind listeners that's right if you fall through with us we're definitely going to be excited to give this to you so the first time ever on our show we're going to introduce a segment called the summit moment of the week and what that basically is is myself and the gm we decided that we will pick a moment personally that we thought would be the best, mm-hmm. like the top moment of the week. It's, yes. ESPN has their top 10. NBA has their top 10 moments of the week. We're not going to roll through the top 10 moments. We are just going to pick overall our favorite moment of the week that we thought, you know, that's the moment where we were just like, oh, shit. You know, like this is something that we have to we have to tell the people. Do you remember we did? Yeah, we did this fact, in 3-2 zone. Do you remember what it was called? I don't remember what it was called. It's called the Ric Flair moment of the week. Oh, it's the uh, moment that made you go, woo! Yeah, let's, let's not do that. No, no we're professionals now. This is not a childlike podcast anymore. We're professionals. So this is so this is our first ever one, one that we had decided. So go ahead and join us right here for for the first time ever. Proud to announce the summit moment of the week. Summit moment of the week. Sponsored by Rush Bulls Houston. So the people, here we go. First ever. The Jalen Green dunk in the fourth quarter. Short. Tate. The outlet to Green. Look at Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, did he kiss the rim? Was he looking in the rim? I mean, Jason. That was such a great play. It energized the crowd. They were still down by double digits. But I haven't heard Toyota Center that loud in a long time. I thought no. it was so cool, and it shows that the crowd is buying into the young nucleus, and they're getting excited despite the the impending loss. I thought that was cool. It meant a lot to hear that, you know. And I'm sure it meant a lot to Jalen Green as well. Yeah, there were you know there were quite a few great moments in that game. There was the LP steal. Which he batted it straight to uh, Jay Sean Tate for a quick turnaround uh, spin move dunk. Jalen Green's prior dunks. Hell, you can even even argue the first quarter launch three about a foot in front of half court that Jalen Green launched. All great moments, but this is the moment that me and the GM decided this was the moment that you know got the the whole Toyota Center like unglued here that this was. I've never seen, I mean, James Harden could never jump this high. You know what I mean? Like, we haven't seen a player dunk like this since, gosh, since maybe Steve Francis, T-Mac. Yeah. And the fact that this is going to be your stud, your star, definitely, in my opinion, uh, and the GM's opinion, the summit, mom- summit moment of the week, it was insane. It was great. I loved the energy that he brought with the crowd. Now, granted, he only brought us down. You know, it was a dunk that brought us down from 15 to 13. But the way he made it sound like it made it sound like they were capping off a 15-0 run to tie the game. But it really wasn't in this in the grand scheme of things. It didn't do much. But for the city, you know, like it just go to show you like, hey, man, this is 
the future here and you're getting just a you're just getting a little sliver of it and i personally loved it i thought it was great jalen green takes off for an emphatic dunk in the fourth quarter our first ever summit moment of the week once again presented by rush bulls houston and speaking of rush bulls before we move on we need to give him a shout out and an ad of course to our newest sponsor, our awesome sponsor in terms of eating healthy, putting good food in your stomach, and using it to have a great start to your day. So I'm going to lob it up right here to the GM who's going to give you an ad to our newest sponsor. That's right, Rush Bulls Houston. GM, tell the people what they need to know and where they need to go. You need a quick meal for your 30-minute break? Needing a meal in smoothie form? How about an acai bowl from Rush Bowls? They got plenty of options for those that are looking for a great, healthy meal. They even have a new bowl that released last Friday. It's called the High Tide Bowl. It contains pineapple juice, peaches, pineapples, frozen yogurt, spirulina, topped with Nature's Path organic granola, coconut, blueberries, and it's also drizzled with honey. It has blue algae benefits that include it's rich in protein, vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants. Wow, that sounds delightful. It's got me rushing to Galveston, you know, got to get there before high tide, am I right? They even have deals all throughout the week. Doggone Mondays, where you get a free Bow Wow Bowl for your dog with a purchase of a bowl. What is that I hear? I hear them dogs barking. They're all in. Wellness Wednesdays gets you $2 off wellness bowls or smoothies. So if you're craving a nice, healthy, and light meal, us at the Summit State of Mind highly suggest visiting Rush Bowls and grab yourself a delicious acai bowl. It's the best acai bowl in Houston. So follow them now on Instagram at Rush Bowls Houston at one word at Rush Bowls Houston and visit them at their location at 6001 Washington Avenue, Suite 200, Houston, Texas. And make sure to mention that the Summit State of Mind sent you. Let's go Rockets, and let's win that World Series, so let's go Strohs. Hey everyone, this is Chris Chavez, a.k.a. The Nature Boy. Woo! And you are listening to the Summit State of Mind podcast. So let's move on here, GM, because now let's take off the Rockets hat. Let's shake off the cobwebs here, because GM, we got a lot to talk about. Let's put on if this is it. So game six and seven will be next week. If there is a game six and seven, they'll be next week, next Mm -hmm. Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah. I cannot guarantee we could push an episode. If that happens. So we will see. You know, you guys stay tuned for that. But this could be the last juice box state of mind, you know, for this, at least for for now. Um, But we do need to talk about it because this is a big deal. It's it's encapsulated the whole city of Houston. The whole city of Houston has become unglued. This is something that we have to talk about. Our Houston Astros for the third time in five years. GM, you predicted it. By this, you in your words exactly. By this time next week, which was which is today, 
the we'll be talking about the Houston Nationals in the World Series. Well, GM, asking you shall receive, my friend. Our Houston Nationals are in the World Series, so I have to ask you one question: How do you feel about this? Ecstatic, very confident, not worried. You never have been, though. Nope, never been. Even worried. from the even from the get go of the first round in the ALDS. Yep, you didn't feel like that either. I was never worried. The most stressed I felt was game four when we were, was it, we were tied against the Red Sox. But what did I say the whole time? You were like, you, we're good. We're not losing this game. No, we're not losing. Like, we're good. Every time I was like, I was like, just like, we're, we're, we're struggling here. Like, we're not getting, we're not getting hits. The yeah. only, the only, the only run we have in the game is the Bregman homer. We're leaving runners on base. Like, what's happening here? And you kept saying, give it time. And, and lo and behold, in game four, which is the big tie turner game, you know, that was the one that we dropped seven runs in the ninth. It just goes to show that all you needed was the bullpen. All you needed was pitching. Yep. All you needed was just some help from that side of the rubber. And look where it got you. Gives the offense enough time to get out of their yeah, cage. Yeah, let's let's take some time to give some kudos to the. Let's bullpen. do it. Let's do like, it. Come on. Let's let's just be let's be let's completely go. real here. Here we go. Yimmy Garcia coming in in those moments in like you know with runners on base. I mean, I was getting quite getting I, shut I, down. Yeah, you know, I'm getting. I you know I got I get really hungry when I see him. I get you know listen watching him pitch. It's quite Yimmy. Jesus. Go on. And then Phil Maton. Stone Cold, the guy was never shook. Mm-hmm. You could have never told whether he was shook by any moment. He was nails in every game he appeared in. Yeah, man. I okay? mean, I Let's completely, I completely agree. I mean, if I needed mm-hmm. a partner in life, I'd definitely pick uh, Phil as my maton. Jeez, go on. And then let's uh, give credit to Christian Javier, okay. who was lo- in long relief. Mm-hmm. The guy was nails, and he kind of showed his worth. He wasn't a starter. He was taken out of the starting rotation when Jake Odorizzi was uh, came off the, the injured list mm-hmm. and was permanently placed in the bullpen. And it shows that he is able to succeed in any role he's being put in. The guy pitches wicked. Well, I don't know wicked. about you. Well, I don't know about you, man. He doesn't play light, dude. He definitely plays quite. He definitely plays quite Javi. Yeah, it's true. That's true. Go on. And then let's give some um, ups to Ryan Stanek, our our boy. You know, he might look like a little hippie, but the guy's got a lot of fire. Let's be real My man pumps 98, man. He can. He pumps 98. Like, that's gas. That's pure gas right there. What the... You know, Stanek, you're expecting a joke, right? I don't don't have anything for Stanek, I mean, it's hard to say a joke with the name Stanek. I stand with Stanek. There you go. (laughs) And that's... That's good. You know, I, I think Stanek was, I wasn't a fan of the signing, but he proved me wrong. He definitely proved me wrong for sure. He's proved, well, you know, for all the flack that Click's gotten in terms of uh, not signing Correa, I mean, we have to give him credit because he did get Garcia Maton. Uh, he did get Stanek. And Ken, Kendall Graveman, Kendall too. Graveman as well. You know? And these are all big time relievers coming mm-hmm. in in these big moments and they they've you know the offense is what got what got us here but if you're talking in terms of pitching yeah we don't win the series without without uh, without being on the backs of those bullpen arms mm-hmm. so gm you know it, it was a moment and i'm sure everyone cuz people were asking you know how we felt during game 6 if we just 
fast forward now to game six. You know, I think for me, like when I felt was a, 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 a almost like a youthful exuberance that I hadn't felt since 2017. It was weird. Like we were pumped in ways like, I mean, the way like if we just backtrack a bit, like the dramatic fashion that we went to the World Series and. 2019 mm-hmm. against the New York Yankees up three to one. You know, they got one in the last one in New York and Yankee Stadium. Go back to Houston, you know, get the get the big lead four to two into the ninth. May LeMayhew hits the two run shot, silences the crowd. Jose Altuve sends us to the World Series in the most dramatic fashion. Yet, GM, why did I feel more emotion? Why did I feel more attachment? And why do you think I felt more? better overall about this than the than the Jose Altuve 2019 shot. Oh, I mean it, it in in our eyes uh in 2019 it was more so a sense of relief. It wasn't like where we were happy per se. We were expected to be there. We were the best team that year, best offense, best pitching. We had all the pressure on us. If anything went wrong, it's like, well shit. You know, we're this is not what's this is not what's supposed to happen with us. You know what I mean? And with this team, not just these playoffs, but this whole year, we've gone through uh, adversity, not just because of injuries, but because of the hate that this team has received. Oh my goodness. This is the first yeah. year, you know, after post COVID where the crowd is there. So all you heard were boos every where you don't even need to just hear it though what about what you could see people threw trash cans on the field like you it wasn't just the matter like it's stuff that you never would ever see in a baseball game happen you know you saw real trash cans beer bottles getting thrown Mm -hmm. you beer cans uh what is it inflatable trash cans getting Mm -hmm. thrown at us it's something that I never thought in a million year to, years I'd ever see. Obviously, uh, you know, well deserved to a degree because of what went, what had happened in 2017. But at the same time, like you're right, it just strengthened the resolve of the team of the city that you know they aren't seeking to prove you know the world wrong. They're only seeking to prove themselves and the people that support them and the whole city of Houston right. Yeah, that's been my mindset. That once they, because twenty twenty, it seemed like more like okay, we're gonna prove everybody wrong. Twenty twenty one now seems like, like you know, because if in the twenty twenty playoffs, it seemed like they were cleansed almost by by playing. It seemed like that team was getting their swagger back, and they carried it into twenty twenty one. Yep, that it seemed less about proving people wrong, but rather than proving themselves and the people that support them right. Exactly, that's where I stand on it. And you know, like it shows that how much this team is a brotherhood, with the love that they have for each other, going through all this adversity together and dealing with all of it together. Like Michael Brantley said today on Media Day. Saying like there is not a situation big or small that this team has not experienced. This team has been through it all. And that is why I am so confident that this team can win it all because there's nothing that this team hasn't faced. Mm -hmm. You know, this infield of Bregman, Correa, Altuve, Yuli, they've played the most games combined ever by any infield in the postseason. Well, they're about to break the record of just teammates alone, which is the Derek Jeter-led Yankees and they've played 71 
they played 71 postseason games and are just in our infield has played 67. Yeah. So at the very least, they're going to tie it. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. That's insane. Like, this is just Derek Jeter's teammates. I don't think it's the whole infield. You know, I think it's just teammates. That's insane when you think about it. Mm -hmm. So good stuff, GM. Okay. So let's talk about game six here. Let's, let's touch base here. Tell the people, where were we? So we were. What was at, the, what's the setup been? Tell we, the people. We were at Big Ben's in Sugarland. Um, Why? Why are we there? The Why are we at a bar? We never go to a bar to watch games. Well, Why, why have we, we been going to a we bar? We decided lately? to change it up for game four. So it, last time you heard us, when we recorded with Tim, aka T Smooth, we decided let's change it up. Let's watch it at a bar. Where did we go? Well, we ended up at Big we Ben's. We won game one. At the Filipino restaurant, Jerry's Grill, but it there is technically a bar. Yes. That was my whole thing where I was like, dude, we won at a bar. Yeah. We need to maybe Touché. see if we can go to a bar. So that was the setup why we ended up going to Big Ben because it's a place that you know we knew. And and then, boom, just like that, we tack off three in a row. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it was, um, you know, Kenny was just like, you know what? Let's try to change it up. And he was right. Um and then what did we do after? So after so game four, we watched it and we left about you know a little bit more than halfway through the game because that's what we did at Jerry's Grill. So we decided to keep that same energy, and look what happened: we won game four. One game, and then game five, Kenny was working. I got off work a little earlier and watched the game at Big Ben's, and I left after the fourth inning because <laughs> I just this like. I decided, like, you know what? I'm going to keep it up. At least if one of us goes, maybe it'll be enough to change the tide. And, and by God, it worked. It did. It's only crazy if it doesn't work. Exactly. <laughs> so we're okay with that. You know, we're all about that. So that's why for game six, T-Smooth came back and hung out. And we decided to go to Big Ben's again and enjoy ourselves and Hell have a yeah. good time. And it turns out that uh, all that energy worked out. Um, we didn't plan to stay there the whole game, but you know what we did? We, we soaked up the energy of the people. We enjoyed ourselves in that environment. You know, Luis Garcia was throwing a no hitter through what? Five and a third inning. Five and a third. Yeah. So, you know, obviously we're like, you know what, man, let's, let's, you know, there was some hesitancy. Oh, from both on of us. my part. No, from both of us. Yeah. Cause um, I wasn't sure. Cause we'd look at each other and be like, God, what do we do? What do we do? And, and, that, and that's the, that's the, that, and that's the thing, like, that's how I felt, too, because we were just back and forth so much, and we just weren't sure because we'd always leave halfway through. Yeah. But this time, I'm I'm at a point now where it's like, fuck, like, we really can't. Like, we have to stick with this because it's 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 working. Once he gave up the triple out, we were like, to Kike, we were like, ah, oh, shit. Here we go. But nah, man, it was all good because we got Phil Nails Maton. Phil Nails, Came man. in that man, got that one pitch, one out, so... You know, people are listening to this probably thinking, like, God, these guys are weird. GM, people do not understand the length that we go to in terms of our superstitions. Let's talk about that right now, GM. Our superstitions for Astros playoff games. If we, I'll start with myself first. Like, dating back in 2017, I would watch at least, and I kid you not, everybody, I would, I would watch at least a half hour of The Martian. The games that we did watch half hour for to the Martian, we were we I had we had only lost one game. The games 
that I didn't have time because I was working or going to school or this and that and the other thing. Yeah. We lost. Mm -hmm. So I made it a point, especially during the World Series, where I was like, yo, man, I got to watch The Martian, man, because that was the only time. Like, the games that we lost were the days I didn't watch The Martian. The games that we won, I did watch The Martian, except for Game 6 against Verlander. That was a lone game I lost. You know what I mean? Like, it goes to, you can't wear a certain shirt. You know, I have to avoid these shirts. Yep, uh, uh, that's the truth. You know what I mean? Go, go I, ahead. I wasn't them. wearing any Astro shirts uh, for games four through six. I decided against wearing Astro's gear and only wearing a hat. But I only wore Astro's gear on Fridays. We won game six. But I wore... An Astros polo every Friday for the last three weeks, and we've won. We won game one yeah. of the ALDS. Game two. Game one of the ALCS. Game one of the ALCS and game six. Game six of the ALCS. So, so I wore those for <laughs> to work, and sure enough, you know, um, <laughs> it worked. So you know, and people there is, think it's crazy. There is a game on Friday, so guess what? I'm fucking wearing the shirt again. <laughs> so, you know, I'm sure that my account that I the my my account that I see every Friday, they know that I wear the Astros shirt. And I told the manager, I was like, dude, I'm wearing this every Friday until we're out, bro. And he was like, You already know, man. I need I love that energy. So, you know, that's why it's all about doing it for the team. And then the funny thing, you know, people as people, you know, from the outside, it's like, oh, it's so stupid. You have no bearing on the outcome which is true but you know as fans and as people that are so heavily involved a part of which us are. does believe that what we do has some bearing on the outcome no matter how insane it is like, oh, I mean, you, just imagine yeah. what we did during the Doesn't 20 the 2018 playoffs for the rockets with yes. Harden, chris paul during every timeout halftime commercial break we watched spongebob and it worked until Chris Paul got hurt, but it worked. <laughs> I mean, think about it. let's talk. About, yeah, but quickly, it was a four-one. It was four-one against Minnesota, so yeah. only one loss there. Four-to-one against Utah, one loss there, and then we lost. You know, uh, three to four. But I mean, come on, man! You through the first two games, we were for the first two series, we were eight and two. You can't argue with those records. Like, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's it's if you're not a fan uh, of sports you, it's hard to really understand it but if you are a fan of sports you can kind of understand where we come from of course we have no bearing on it you know if you go by science and whatever i mean obviously we don't but imagine if it's like that for us how the players go you know kyle tucker eats cinnamon toast crunch before every game exactly lance mccullers jr before every start watches a movie in the movie theaters like that's that was his thing obviously he couldn't do that because of covid he probably got a movie theater installed in his house Highly likely. So, but you know, these people have their own thing. Carlos Correa wears H Town versus everyone because that's his thing. Yep. So everyone has their own thing, and that just goes to show us as fans have the same thing too. And and believe me, like I have my weird stuff too. And it's whatever Justin does. I think I end up doing tenfold because of my OCD. Like I wear the same shoes during game day. I have to wear the same shoes. I wear the same pair of jeans during game day. I drink out of the same water bottle on game days that we win. Because I, 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 I didn't keep consistency in games two and three in the LCS. So I was like, crap, I got to keep consistency after game four. So we, And then, boom, we won three in a row. So it's, it just goes to show that even though what we do has no merit, 
in our eyes, it just does as us as fans. And I know other fans that can understand that as well because I know I've heard stories of Patriots fans and the crazy shit that they do. I've heard Green Bay Packer fans. Uh, I don't know what I don't think LA does anything, but <laughs> but you know what I mean. Cool. Like they're just too cool. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. <laughs> I've heard stories of San Antonio Spurs fans doing some crazy things, but you know, it just goes to show that that it was you know that you do what you got to do. Yeah. But let's sidestep here and circle back to Game Six. I gotta tell you, GM, I got emotional. I did get emotional watching the end of that game. It it it's been. Um, I will disclose this to the fans, you know, then the listeners. It's been a tough year for me. Uh, and it's been a tough year for myself, uh, you know, for different reasons, but, you know, selfishly, I, I wanted this selfishly. I, I needed this. Mm-hmm. It almost, it's something about sports where, you know, 2017, you had Harvey and we, they dealt with it and we won the world series because of it. I needed this more than anything. Mm-hmm. So you better believe GM. That you saw me, I was feeling a little sub-something, and I swear to you, if we weren't at a bar, I'd probably be bawling my eyes out. But man, I am not afraid to admit that I got emotional getting ready to watch The Last at Bat against yeah. Bogarts. Because it yeah. made me realize, holy shit, they're going to do it. They're going to get to the World Series. Yeah, third time in five years. Third time in I five mean, years. you know, like... Like I've stated before, <clears throat> this is not something that occurs every day. Only three teams in history have been to three straight uh, championship series. So in regards to that, this is something that's completely out of no, not out of nowhere, but something legendary. This is a dynasty. <clears throat> and if we can win our second World Series in five years, then this team truly is a dynasty. And they've earned the name. Absolutely. And this team deserves it and if they can then greatness is what this team is personified and it's been such a pleasure to be able to watch this team from the first playoff series you know in 2015 the rookie year of Korea him hitting two bombs in ALDS game 4 we ultimately lost. Dude, eliminating Yankees in the wild card game, yeah, man. Think like, about that. Holy you know, crap. <laughs> 2017, seeing us win, take down the, the the Sox, the Red Sox, the Yankees, and the Dodgers. That is what you call a murderer's row of teams in order to win the grand prize. You know, getting back there in 2018, despite the injuries to Correa, to Altuve. And this is before Jordan, Kyle Tucker. You know, Bregman, Bregman had an MVP year. That year, but you know, he just the team wasn't healthy. Him and Yuli were the best players. Yeah. Brantley yeah. wasn't even there yet. You Brantley know, it's crazy. So I mean, you know, in twenty nineteen, we had Brantley. We had Jordan. Tucker wasn't starting it as Josh Reddick was. But you know, like Jordan didn't perform so great. The team overall did not perform up to par. Yeah. In that whole playoffs and the offense was a struggle and we kind of knew that as we watched you know like i said there was more senses of relief and stress than actual fun being had you know what i mean when we watched that year that's why this year you know outside of last year you know last last year we're playing with house money yeah we had nothing to lose i mean we really had nothing Mm -hmm. to lose we were the lowest seed to make it in uh, we we pushed the eventual, well, not the eventual champs, but you know the people that would go into the World Series, the Tampa Bay Rays, to seven games after going down three zero, and I think that's also why I partially thought that 
I wasn't too worried about the 2-1 deficit because in my mind I was like, yo, man, we dealt with worse. We were down 3-0. So if we were down 3-0 and can push it to a game seven, and the only thing that could stop us was, you know, Chuck Morton, <laughs> then you, you you run with your chances. Yeah. And I truly believe that we were capable of making the World Series that year as well. Mm-hmm. So You were one game away. Yeah, exactly. And we still had George Springer. Isn't that crazy when you think about it? You yeah. know? It's insane, and we've talked about this through the golden, you know, we we the golden age of Houston sports, the golden age of this Houston Astros, and we've been beating this drum now for the last few weeks. If you're not a fan of the Astros, but you're listening to our podcast, you kind of understand now, like why we've been beating this drum senselessly for the last few weeks. Every week that we've done it, we made it to the playoffs, advanced to the ALCS. Now we're advancing to the World Series. We've seen this year in and year out, yet at the same time, there's a sense of love, there's a sense of emotion because of the fact that if if Correa doesn't come back, this could be it. And that's why I've been treating every game, every inning, every out, every pitch, every strike, every ball as a last dance type mindset because I have to have that mindset because I'm not sure if this is going to happen again and I think that's how everyone is feeling there's a certain jubilance there's an electricity in the city that I haven't felt since 2017 absolutely and I think everybody who they don't even want to admit it but I think everyone in their minds also has a little bit of last last dance itis over here yeah you know where it's a little bit like they kind of know what's what this is and there's a certain confidence, there's a certain swagger that's led into it. You know, we went to Academy that night, right after yep. we won, and we advanced, and the electricity. I mean, it was wild when we were there. Mm-hmm. Cars, honking, just nonstop. Everyone rolling down their windows, throwing Astros gear. Everyone screaming, everyone cheering, let's go Astros. You know? Like, that's inc- that's insane when you think about it. In a random October night, you know, we lit up the night sky in orange and blue. Yep. For our Houston Astros through every academy that that every academy throughout the city of Houston, over like 20 stores were open. So it's absolutely insane when you think about it. And it leads us into this question, GM. The Astros are officially in the World Series now. Mm-hmm. You've had predictions every step of the way. You had a prediction in the LDS, mm-hmm. you had a prediction in the ALCS. What's gonna happen in this World Series, GM? Unless unless you, you don't want to say it. Go by how you feel. Go by your gut. I've been trusting your gut for the last five years. It just depends on when we record. Um, let's say... If you record during the weekend, what you're saying, then... Oh, if you record during the weekend? Well, I don't know. Um, what I'm, are you saying when we I'm record? saying that um, by this time next week, in my heart, I feel like the series goes six. We're up 3-2. And I'm gonna say this: it's eight, eight forty-seven. So it would probably be in the fourth inning, maybe fifth inning right now. And the Astros will be on their way to winning their second World Series oh in five years. Oh my god! Um, that's just my wow. Opinion. Um, I I low key want it in five. I I low key just want us to sweep. I'd rather. Just get I, over I want it. the. I don't care about winning it in Houston. <laughs> I just want I'll win, win it in a fucking Atlanta. I don't care. I just want. Uh, us to win it all exactly i just want to be selfish here i don't want stress uh, personally but 
That's just my prediction. Okay. I think that this team wins it all. And I think that the Braves are they're a good team. They're just not us. They're they're they haven't been through a storm like us. They did lose three games to one against us. I mean not against us, against the Dodgers last year. <clears throat> and they came back to overcome that where it seemed like it was a possibility again. But these Braves are not the 2021 Houston Astros. So in my opinion, I think Houston wins it all. Okay. Game one prediction. Uh, Here we go. 5-2. Valdez goes five and two-thirds. Charlie Morton goes four and a third. Alex Bregman goes deep. That's the big run. The big home run is Bregman. Uh, Okay. Correa set the table by hitting a home run in game one in the ALCS. I am going to predict... I'm going to say six to two. I can't give you a line for Chuck Morton. You know what? I'm a, Yeah, I, I can give you a line for Chuck Morton. I'm going to say he goes three innings. You think three, he goes three innings? I think he only goes three. Three and a third. We have to break him at some point, right? We have to break him at some point. Uh, I think he goes three and a third. I think Valdez gives us five solid innings, gives it the rest of the bullpen. We win six to two, and and we get the ALCS MVP with another show, another Jordan bomb. Oh. He's going against a righty, Charlie Morton, who excels in the fastball, who excels in the breaking ball pitches. If Jordan, who's been who's been the best hitter in the world right now, can see the pitches that Chuck throws at him, he'll take him deep. That's what I see. I like Six that. Six to two. I like that. So, GM, you know, this is what we live for, man. This is this is the these are the moments, you know, these moments, and they are always fleeting. You know, they go by fast before you know it. We bl- we blinked. Oh man, we're in the playoffs. Blink again. Okay, we're going to the ALCS. Blink again. Oh, we're going to the World Series. You know, these are moments that are fleeting. They go by like that. And I just want to say, at least on air, that I always appreciate every moment that we get to share uh, as brothers, as as co-hosts, as friends and that we get to share these moments with each other and there's honestly not another person i'd rather share this with besides you yeah that's right i'm i'm, I'm totally going full <laughs> I, I feel the love man i couldn't agree with you more yeah. you know like being able to share uh 2017 with you and going through all the craziness that we had to do in order to uh i still remember before game seven we were like what are we gonna do we ended up hanging out at bean here coffee with chris shout Jay, out to bean here shout out to michael chris. You know, we all the hung SNES out. Classic. Yeah. And yeah, and we did that just to pass the time because we were so nervous. Yeah. You know, game seven against the Yankees that same year in the ALCS, we did a toy show. And you were playing highlights of the Astros playoff games on your iPad while people were shopping and people would stop literally and be like, Yo, we're taking it tonight. Yeah. I remember that. That see, that's the kind of thing that is what rings throughout the city, is the support and the fandom and to be like, you know, we're not the only ones that are like this. Everyone is, yep. you know, 2019, you know, um, just being able to see that Altuve walk off home run together. That was something that, you know, that was so special. You know, we hooped moment. right after we couldn't even yeah. celebrate, you know, with our friends at Academy. Cause we couldn't, yeah, we had to go, hoop. <laughs> we had a hoop. And then, you know, like, um, that was, that was something special. And, you know, like even like as the city, it's crazy because as I walk around the city and I have some form of Astros gear on, people comment 
And I think it's great that people are just like, yo, we're taking it. Yo, go Strohs. And I think it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. It makes me so happy to see the team given the type of support that they deserve from the city. Because there's a team who won't be named who does not deserve the support of the city. They should probably You're move. not even going to dignify them with their name? They don't have a name. They're they nameless. scored five points in honor of the greatest World Series game in World Series history, they're, Game 5. They're, they're the, Houston, five points. the Houston football team, is that what you'd say, Yeah, right? the Houston 1836s. Yeah, so I mean, you know, like I think that this team is deserving of everything and, and all the adulation, and that makes me so happy. And... Houston, you deserve a medal for supporting them. I think that, you know, it's cool that people see greatness happening and they're enjoying it and appreciating it. And I'm extremely happy. So, you know, go Strohs. You know, game one's tomorrow and it's just the beginning. And this is going to be a ride that I will remember for the rest of my life. Absolutely. So... It's 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 great, and um, I'm very happy, and I'm very excited. So let's do it. Let's, let's go. Get it. And and to piggyback off what you said, I don't care about what happens in the future. I don't care if the Texans get their yeah. Oh my gosh, I said it. I said their names. <laughs> you say their names. It's like a Voldemort. Don't say their name three times. But uh, I don't care what the Texans do. GM, the Texans could make the Super Bowl no matter what happens in the future. In my eyes, Houston is not a football town anymore. We are not a football city. No matter what happens from here on in, we should be forever known as a baseball city. These Astros have earned the adulation. They've earned the respect. They've earned the right to to dub this town a baseball city. We're never going to be a basketball city. Let's just be real here. That's, that's never been the case. We won two titles in 94, 95. And of course, everyone was hyped in 2018. But at the end of the day, the consistent success that the Astros brought, we should be always be a baseball city. Regardless of if the Texans ever make a Super Bowl. Yeah. I'm sorry. But we're not a football town anymore. We are officially a baseball town. And I think that's how we should we should always be known as. And I think that's how the Astros team, especially this version, should always be remembered by. So no matter what happens uh, in this series, appreciate the greatness that you see before you. And moments like these, they are fleeting. Chris Paul went down in 2018. It went. It happened so quickly. We got five. It's like imagine getting five years of that run with Chris Paul. Yeah, that's what it is. That's the greatness of it all. So these moments are fleeting. Just enjoy it and uh, go, go Rockets. Continue to do what y'all are doing. Keep building. Keep getting on the grind and go Astros. And we're gonna be rooting for y'all to win the World Series. So GM, thank you once again for coming on the pod. As always, you know, even on days when we work, days when we're all busy, we can still get together and. Uh, do a little episode for the people. Give the people what they want. Give the people what they want. Absolutely. So I appreciate you, GM. I appreciate every single one of y'all that has continued to support and listen to us from episode one all the way to episode 52. I cannot think of a player with the number 52. Full apologies. I have no 52. I can't wait till we get to episode 54 because I can mention one of my favorite players of all time, Patrick Patterson. But... Go ahead and give us a listen. Just type in Summit State of Mind wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Google Play, wherever and whatever you get your podcast listens. Just type us in. Give us a listen. Give us a subscription. We'd really, really appreciate it. Give us a follow on Instagram at Summit State of Mind underscore pod or on Twitter at Summit S-O-M pod. We continue to pump out content, box scores, 
uh, potential trades, releases, signings, any big news that goes forth, any news really, we go ahead and put it through our stories, we put it through the content that we post. So give us a follow there if you want to get the latest and breaking news regarding our Houston Rockets. As well as give a follow and a shout out to SNT Pod. Shots and thoughts if you enjoy games, if you enjoy learning new things, and on top of all of it, they drink. Nothing more hilarious than that. Definitely one of the best comedy podcasts out there. Give them a follow and a listen. And shout outs to the Sports Trap Podcast. They've been on a break lately, but you know they're gonna, they do great stuff. Go ahead and give them a follow as well. All H Town Podcasts right here for y'all. We all need to stick together. We all need the support. And we appreciate every single one of y'all. Shout outs to our awesome sponsors. Shout outs to Day Off. Shout outs to the Argyle League. Shout outs to our newest brand, uh, Rush Bulls Houston, which the GM did a wonderful ad for. Big thank you all for everything that you do. Be sure to check them out. Websites are always posted on our on Instagram, on our Apple, uh, anywhere on our, our podcast. We always put out their links. So give them a follow and check them out as well. With that said, with the pandemic still going strong, please make sure that you're washing your hands for 20 seconds. If you have not gotten the vaccine, please make sure you're wearing a mask. Take care of yourselves, and most importantly in this day and age, in the 21st century, take care of each other. We're going to be pumping out episodes every single week. Hopefully we can pump out an episode next week in the midst of the World Series. We're hoping that we can do it. We should be able to do it. Go ahead and give us a follow. Make sure that you continue to follow us. Every week we post a new episode just for y'all for the Houston Rockets podcast listeners. So once again, thank you very much. Appreciate y'all. For myself and the GM on the go home here, take care. We'll see you next week. The Summit 444 Live.